What's going on, everybody? It's real with Jordan and Demi. In Los Angeles, it's Jordan Edwards. In New York, we've got Demi Ramos. What's going on, Demi? Hello. Demi's got the uh, the pink beanie on. Remember when we used to do Hat of the Day? We haven't done Hat of the Day in a while, so Demi's bringing back the hat. Shout out Nardwars, my inspiration for this podcast. Yeah. Thank you. Nardwars, your, your hat idol. Uh, maybe someday you'll get like the little Scottish golf cap going. Maybe one day as, as a tribute to Nardwar. Uh-huh. Um, today on the show, we got Andrew McMahon. You may know him from his work with Something Corporate, Jack's Mannequin, and his band, Andrew McMahon in the Wilderness. He's got a new album out, Tilt at the Wind, No More. It's out tomorrow, March 31st. And so we talk about his whole career, um, going back to Something Corporate, songs like If You See Jordan and Punk Rock Princess. But before we get to Andrew, let's start a new segment, Demi. Let's talk about... Uh, our new segment is called, uh, I don't know, we don't have a name for it, but I asked Demi, we haven't really done any kind of like, you know, our favorite songs, albums, whatever. Um, so let's do pick of the week. That's what we'll call it. We'll call it pick of the week. Of the so week. Demi, who is your uh, pick of the week? What's your pick of the week? Okay, I'm going to be really honest. I discovered a lot. So I lost my Spotify account login a few days ago. And for some reason, when I logged back in, I I figured it out. I logged back in and all of the music that I have saved since high school, gone. So I had to start from scratch. Your playlist, your ones that you marked. Yeah. yeah. So maybe, yeah, I'm not sure why. So, but what came out of that was something really cool, which is now I'm kind of like, discovering all of this new music by going on like other people's playlists or just kind of like the, you know, discover and stuff. So I found recently um, this song. Actually, this wasn't from this situation, but. I can't wait to hear this. It's been such a buildup. Well, yeah, but I I actually, I was actually sent this song by a friend because I'm like redoing my whole music library and that's a lot. And it is by a. German, it's it's by this like German dude called Steintor Herrenkor. And it's called Louisa. And this shit, let me tell you, like, I don't know what it is about the people in the UK or Eastern Europeans, but there's something really cool about what's going on in music right now in those areas. Um, it's like indie and like a little bit of like my sister said it sounds like the the cure, but there's this really cool thing where like people right now are pretty much taking a indie drum loop and just, you know, a little simple guitar melody and it's a vibe. And this is that song. So if you're into that, if you're into like ecstasy or just kind of like even current joys who we've had on the show, check out Louisa by Steintor, hair and core. Boom. Hold on. Hold on. Is it, is it actually ecstasy? I've always said ecstasy. <laughs> it's I think it's ecstasy. Yeah, ecstasy. Uh which you will know from TikTok and Reels as the I Walk This Earth Alone song. Um yeah, interesting reference. And and I and I did not expect that at all. Um, first of all, thank you for not recommending an MGK song. Just kidding. Just kidding. Um, but yeah, that's that's that you went pretty uh you went pretty specific with that recommendation. I am going to recommend my pick of the week is Fire in the City of Automatons. It's an album by the band No Knife, which came out in 1999. Now, 
we talked a lot about the resurgence of pop punk and emo and Y2K rock and no knife kind of got lost in the shuffle. They started in probably the early to mid nineties. Uh, they recorded three or four albums, I think. Um, and they had two, they had dual lead guitar in a lot of their songs, which is really different from a lot of their bands. And one thing I'm complaining about with this new, uh, rock resurgence is a lack of riffs and lead guitar parts and uh, No Knife was really adventurous with the guitar. Uh, they weren't as well-known as My Chemical Romance. They weren't as beloved as, um, you know, the Get Up Kids or somebody like that, Saves the Day, that kind of band. Um, but they're worth checking out. Anything else going on, Demi? We good? Um, it's 11.21 p.m. Jordan and I are out here. We're outside. Yeah. Just Jordan and Demi after dark. Jordan and Demi after dark. So when we, when we have our show, when we take Ellen and Generous' studio, um, in 10 years plus, we're going to, it's going to be a late show probably. Yeah. We're going to do late night. We're going to have pe people making cocktails. What's anyway. your cocktail of choice, Jordan? Jordan and I have never actually had a cocktail. What's your cocktail of choice? Well, I often order, um, gin and tonics because I do like gin <laughs> and it's kind of a safety drink. It's hard to screw up. It's usually pretty boozy. It's refreshing. It's not too heavy. Um, and you know what you're getting no matter what bar you're at. So that's why I go with gin tonic. What about you? Dude, mine used to be a margarita because I feel like that's like every, I feel like that's everyone's like starter, like cocktail that like is just even like- at, Even at night, because I think of a margarita as being like a daytime party drink, not like a club, no. you know, 12 p.m. kind of drink. It's totally simple. Drink. Yeah, it's, it's simple. Just like tequila and, you know, whatever. But recently, shout out Negronis because a good freaking Negroni, oh, that shit sound classy. Negronis are classy too. I, I mean, I, I don't know. I just like, there's something about it, man. Just like, oh, oh my god, it's my, it's my new. Oh, yes, shout out. We'll have to do a, we'll have to do a Dina Ramos episode where you're drinking cocktails with some with the guest. Who? Oh my god, who should we do? I don't know. We'll figure it out. Okay. Who knows? Why don't you drop in the comments who who uh, Demi should should drink cocktails with in a future episode. Okay. All right, let's get to the episode we're talking about now. Um, here it is, our interview with Andrew McMahon. the full zip on your pullover you do the full zip i feel like i look better with the zip here i don't know if you need to see my like my overall game right now but... i love the overall oh, game. Okay. <laughs> Jimmy, okay. Jimmy is known to enjoy a pair of overalls everyone i do yes yeah. i have like a few pair of overalls yeah i decided that 2023 was going to be my overall year so I, I i i bought a bunch of i bought a bunch of pairs of overalls yeah the thing about them is that once you have a pair of overalls you think they're like your uniform so you'll just wear something different underneath every day and then you just walk outside every day with the different like the same pair of overalls that's like the name of my game if, if i can wear the same thing every day for a week then i'm a really happy person okay rock and roll <laughs> do you yeah um so andrew let's talk about the upcoming new album it's yeah. been four four or five years since you released a new album uh, so why now? Why, 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 first of all, why the gap between the, the last two solo albums? Well, there, there was this little thing that, well, my, my, I got to give Zach, my keyboard player, the, uh, the, the credit for 
coining the term the pandejo. Um, so yeah, there there was that. Pandejo? Yeah, 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 of pandemic. Yeah, yeah. So th there is that. Um, I was actually working on new music in 2019 and and trying to actually release something quickly. And then and then when everything sort of you know got put on hold, um, I shifted gears and I wrote a book instead. So that's 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 kind of how I spent um, the better part of you know 2020 and 2021. Um, but then as kind of the lights came back on, it was like, okay, it feels like now's the time. I mean, for me, I, I, I need to be in the studio collaborating with people, my, my, my peers who are more resourceful than I am, you know, we're doing zoom sessions and, mm -hmm. and, and, uh, you know, for me, I didn't really want to write that record. Um, I knew that the release was going to kind of be happening right around the time I finally got to say I was, you know, 20 years, uh, into into a, a career did i lose you guys here mm -mm. we're still here we do oh this my God, okay, we're just making sure. I, I don't you know what andrew i do this every time i forget yeah. to tell people that we have the one shot we get the reaction we're gone yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah it's great um but yeah and i knew that it was you know i was turning 40 and i wanted the record to reflect that i didn't you know I, i'm I, I write so autobiographically and i write um you know, about the moment I'm in and, and pull from the moment I'm in. And the pandemic just did not inspire me in that way. Uh, you know, so I, I did the deep dive on the uh, on the long form and I wrote the memoir. And, and then uh, and then, yeah. And then at the beginning of last year, it was like I had a, I had tunes that were, were banked from the time before and 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 dug back in, uh, you know, and, and, and got after it in the studio uh, at the beginning of last year. Do I, I for those of those for those of us who have followed you for you know your whole career, I I hope that one of your songs, an Andrew McMahon song, starts on the piano. That they all start on the piano. Is that true? Please, please fulfill that fantasy that it starts with you, just like at the keyboard, just like hmm, whatever I'm going to write today. Generally speaking, yeah. I mean, even when I'm working with other producers and writers, you know, uh, I sort of find my voice behind the keys of a piano. So even if we're doing something that, that, that sort of, you know, I get excited about a beat or something like that, it really doesn't start coming together until I kind of put my hands on the keys. That's just, that's just how it works. And then, you know, and then when I'm working alone, that's, that is just the way it works. You know, I've actually, I mean, I, I could flip the camera around, but my, you're in my studio here and the piano I've, I've sort of worked on since the, the early days that I think came out with me for the first warp tour with something corporate is, is, is kind of my main, uh, my main, uh, go-to for, for writing. So you've, you've had the same piano for 20 years, just about. Yeah. I mean, I have, so I have, gosh, I, I have two uprights from the something corporate days. One of them lives in a studio at my friend's house. And then I've got the two grands, uh, from the Jack's mannequin era as well that they, that travel with me. But the, the, the piano that was really, I mean, it's not the first touring something corporate piano, but it's the, the one that, that was with us at the beginning with all the, the stickers on the side and everything like that. That is, yeah. that is sort of lived with me and I wrote everything in transit on that piano and it, it's traveled with me from house to house over the last, over the last couple of decades. Nice. Nice. I want to go back to your first band. Yeah. Left here. <laughs> You're real. Oh, you went real. You went real first band. I was well, like, if you want to go way back, you can talk about my band that I had in fourth grade mm -hmm. called freedom. 
you know. Oh, but, yeah. no. <laughs> I, hope that, I hope that you sang patriotic songs with that band. That was it cool. wasn't, it was like, I, I was in my Bon Jovi phase. So I, I, I had like, I, I would wear, uh, I mean, we did one performance, so let me be clear. Uh, but yeah, yeah I, I ripped jeans with a bandana tied around my leg. And oh. Um, but yeah, left here. Yeah, that was sort of the, that was the first iteration of something corporate that uh, I started really just to play a battle of the bands in high school when I was 15, maybe my sophomore year of high school. Um, and then the, 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 the rhythm section from that band is, is what became something corporate, which we, we sort of fired up the, the following year and, and, and sort of the rest is history from there. You're like the perfect um, rocker to ask this question about band names. <laughs> whether it's left you had about seven of them you know what i mean but like, i'm the worst guy to ask i'm the I, I could not be more irritating with my choice of moniker well, how does one cook a band name and how did you come up with these band names i mean they're just like do you put all of like words in a hat and then take them out and stick them together in the case of both left here and something corporate it was like a time crunch so uh we we had done our rehearsals and we had to turn in our application for the battle of the bands and and we didn't have a name and i literally just saw one of those you know left here signs uh the directional signs on the side of the road and i just put that in the uh put that on the, on the the heading um with something corporate we were like we i think it was a similar thing where we were trying to name the band ahead of uh getting into uh, a battle of the bands in my high school and i forget it, it was it was exactly as dumb as it sounds, which it was like, we were, we were brainstorming names. Was, and I, I think I said something like, why don't we come up with like something corporate, like a corporate oh, name? Oh, there you go. Something corporate. Ta-da. There you go. Did you, uh, well, what happened to the Battle of the Bands? Who won? We won it, of course. Oh, you yeah. won? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We took it, we took it all the way to the district wide Battle of the Bands. I think we, I think we won that one. And then I retired from, Battle of the Bands, and I, 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 I actually hosted the Battle of the Bands for the next year at the school. Yeah, which, once you win it once, you don't, you can't go back again. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I it, the funny story is that I almost got expelled for the one that I hosted, not the one that I played in, because I, I vouched for, uh, I vouched for some fairly degenerate friends who ended up showing up drunk to the performance and and oh, cursing the principal from the stage, so that that uh. uh yeah, that didn't go over so great, uh, but they let me graduate, so that was good. High school memories. High yeah. school memories. <laughs> so were well, you like a degenerate in high school? I, I was a low-key degenerate. I, 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 I figured out ways to, you know, I, I joined the student government because I realized that they got away with everything. So I, I sort of did all of my, <laughs> I did all my troublemaking. That's a degenerate. He's yeah, yeah. corrupt. I was a politician. Yeah, yeah. So. You were <laughs> Not even president. Don't lie. You're a treasurer. No, no. Yeah. But that's the best part. I actually, I was the uh, the class representative, which was the the one role that you could get in the student government that was not an elected role. So I would just, I would, I would work behind the scenes to get the president elected, and then he would appoint me as his representative. So yeah, that was that was that was my shtick in high school. So I could so I could ditch, wow. ditch class. Scandal, scandal, yeah. and intrigue. Yes. Yeah. I, I I was listening to you. You released a few songs from the new album already. Mm -hmm. um, do you 
when you when you put together new songs, do you kind of know which ones are going to fit into your live show? Because that has to be a consideration once you recorded an album. You know, how are you going to fit this in? And and do you know which ones? I think it's kind of no matter how long you've been around, it would give me anxiety not knowing how audiences are going to react to a new song. Yeah, I mean, I think the beauty of this record is I think it, it's it's built for for live i mean there's a lot of there's a lot of big songs on the record which um you know you don't start in that place i mean i always my goal is always just to write and record the best recording you know um mm -hmm. and then let the cream rise so to speak and sort of see where where what people are vibing on and we're we're, we're starting to play you know we started playing stars on the summer tour that i went out with um with dashboard uh and which which went over great. And so we we this this weekend at the uh, festival gig we did we did a few new tunes and um, yeah I, I think you know you just make the record you make and you hope that people like it enough to want to hear the songs on stage. Uh, I mean that's really my approach. Speaking of touring, um, I wanted to talk about the Weezer Panic at the Disco 2016 roundabout. I was just really curious because these like. You and these two bands, I mean, it's that's a really strong lineup. Yeah. And can you tell us a little bit about like, was there any like band beef or like <laughs> info like about the tour? I mean, honestly, it was a pretty harmonious tour for for us. I I, I mean, I have no idea. I, I think Weezer and Panic got along pretty great too. I, I don't know. There was a lot of drama. I'm pretty laid back. I think River Rivers Cuomo's pretty laid back guy. He just what kind like of personalities? Like I always wonder about dealing with that. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I love Rivers and I love the Weezer guys. Um, Rivers is pretty intense and and pretty. Uh, oh, he is. He just seems so quiet, like his public persona. Well, like. he's a quiet. He's a quiet kind of intense. You know, I I. I it's funny because I've toured with them. I toured with them in Jack's Mannequin and it was actually, it was heartbreaking. We were on, it was like my dream. You know, I, I, I grew up on those Weezer records and, 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 uh, uh, you know, we finally got our chance with Jack's Mannequin to tour with them. And within, gosh, I don't even know how many shows we played, but his bus crashed actually. And they had to cancel the tour. It was really, it was really scary. Um, Why? the opportunity in, in, I guess it was 20, I don't I, I, what 15 maybe i forget i forget what summer it was um to go out with both of them and i toured with panic as jack's manic and we supported their first like arena tour so um this was sort of a it was it was sort of a full circle moment going out to support them both um and for us it was just like it was it was really charmed right we would play 30 minutes in in you know it, it, oh, yeah. as it's going down and then get to just like pour a drink and go watch those bands play. And like, for me, it was like, I would just get to fanboy. I was in the pit from almost, <laughs> every, almost every show. Um, nice. okay. you know, and, and, and I, and funny, I mean, like, you know, rivers and I, we would, we would nod and wave, but like I said, he's kind of an intense dude and he's really focused on his show. And, um, you know, it wasn't until gosh, I don't know, a handful of months later that I ended up on a festival with those guys and I had made the joke because I heard that they had had a private plane that that was taking them home that night. And so I had sort of joked we had a, shared a manager at the time. And I was like, you know, if, if they need any company on their plane, you know, you just let me know. And and my manager kind of tapped me on the shoulder in the middle of the set. And he's like, I got you on the plane. Hey, <laughs> and so I, you know, it, and for the handful of times I talked to Rivers, I that was the first time that we really 
got to do a deep dive and it was like, it was so trippy because I had known him as this quiet dude. And he got in the, he got in the van to go to the airport and he was like, Andrew. And I, and I was just like, wait a minute, is this the same dude, you know? And, uh, but those guys, I mean, yeah, they, they've, they've been very kind to me over the course of my career. As you probably noticed, Andrew, over the last couple of years, pop punk, Y2K rock, whatever you want to call it, making the surge you did when we were young festival yep. last year. Um, how do you feel about all these 19, 20 year olds running around with power chords and listening to uh, newfound glory records and stuff? Hey man, you know, it, it, the wave breaks where it, where it breaks. I, I, mm -hmm. I was, I mean, I think I was surprised. Um, I mean, even, you know, it's funny cause Chris and I decided to get together and do that tour last summer. And we, you know, I, I think we, at that moment, we were like, this is kind of novel, but, but let's do it. And then, all of a sudden we were young popped up and then all of these bands kind of got back on the road. And certainly obviously with, you know, Olivia Rodrigo and, and, and some of the other acts coming out, it was like, Holy shit. Like I've, I've been around long enough to watch the, uh, to watch things come full circle. Um, but, but admittedly, um, sorry. Is that your mom? No, it's not. Well, I'm good. We're okay here. Thank you. No, is our is 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 the the, the house cleaner? Okay. okay. <laughs> um, uh, but uh, but yeah, I mean, look, I think it's I think it's exciting. I think some people are doing it better than others. But for for me, I mean, I'll admit I'm I'm fairly nostalgic at the moment. You know, uh, uh, you know, coming into this, you know, having having done it more than half my life, and and you know, to have this opportunity to get something corporate back together on the We Were Young stage and and see some old friends and we're you know we're going to do some dates over the course of the summer um with you know i think with uh taking back sunday and and there's a couple other things in the work so um i think more so now than i've ever been you know i'm i'm really proud of what i where i came from and and i think it's exciting that people are interested in it again and and um you know i'm just happy to 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 be here and still have a career, you know, and ha have had two bands since those days and, and get to get an excuse to go back and do some more work with them. Over the years, have you gotten, how much flack have you gotten from people named Jordan coming up to you and being like, come on, man. <laughs> yeah. It's a, uh, uh, usually it's, usually it's not with too much anger. Usually they're fans that are just having a, having a laugh, but, uh, but I have definitely heard that more than more than a couple times. Well, on behalf of all Jordans everywhere, we forgive you. <laughs> I actually no, no, Andrew, like I'm not kidding. Two or three months ago, this wasn't years ago. This was two or three months ago. I was on a dating app and some girl responded when I matched with her. She said, I bet something corporate doesn't like you, do they? I'm like, uh -huh. 2022. Like, are you kidding me? Like, wow. Yeah. 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 It's a funny, I mean, it's a funny thing with that song. Cause like, I, I didn't really care that much for that song when it, when it, uh, uh, you know, when it was written, it was just kind of like a, it was just a dig at a, at a, <laughs> at a, at, a, at an old high school friend who had become not a friend. <laughs> and, and, yeah. And, uh, and we actually, you know, when we, when we got signed, the whole idea was that something corporate would put out an EP first before we kind of did our major label debut. And, and so in our minds, it was like uh, the way it was presented to us was like, look, this is going to be to get you out on the road. And, and, you know, and, and sort of the thought was like, don't, don't spend all your good songs. So there was 
another song that we were sandbagging for the for the full length that was also like a six eight uh time signature rock song and so we put jordan on the ep and then out of out of nowhere k-rock which was the you know our our big hometown station and also happened to set the the uh the bar for a lot of the alternative stations around the country decided that they thought it was hysterical and started playing it ad nauseum and and it became what it did you know with the video and everything but yeah it was not it wasn't intended to be my first single that's for sure was the wow. piano in the video your piano or was it like a prop yeah, piano yeah. No, no, that was my piano. Oh, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. I didn't know if it was like a stunt piano or something because you're like all over. You're like, you know, banging on it and climbing on it and all this kind of stuff. That's, wow. yeah, that's, that's how I treat all my pianos. <laughs> Hunk rock princess? Yes, ma'am. Um, can we talk about that? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I mean, that song was actually a ballad. It was, it was, it was written sort of as this very forlorn love song uh, for a girl that I dated on and off throughout, I don't know, got my senior year of high school. And, she and liked I, punk girl? She liked punk rock and I didn't, you know, uh, and, and I. That's a fight right there. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was so funny because I, I took her to see uh face to face and newfound glory at one point. And I think it was like after that show and we were just always like on again, off again. And I, I, uh, you know, I, I used the, the, our sort of, varied music tastes as a as a way to describe why our relationship didn't seem like it was ever going to work out and and uh you know and the irony of it being that that within i don't know a, a year maybe two of writing that song i was living in jordan from newfound glory's guest guest room in his house oh yeah nice <laughs> yeah, yeah you think about like yeah jordan from Newfound Glory, yeah and then i was and i was signed to their label and and right. um yeah it was it was a kind of a bizarre full circle moment where I was like, okay, well, I guess, I guess, uh, I, I'm now in this, in this scene that I, I didn't fully understand, but it, it was, it was, uh, kind of a beautiful thing the way that all the, uh, the, the, the pop punk kids and, and bands adopted something corporate back then. And how did you feel about the term emo at the time? Um, well, I mean, you know, at the time for me, when, you know, when I was a senior in high school, you know, emo was the get up kids and Jimmy World, mm. and, and, and it was sort of like, you know, it, it's funny that it is kind of, it went from being like, in my mind, it was, you know, some of my favorite bands were like emo bands. Um, and certainly I think we felt a little more akin to those bands than punk bands. Cause we weren't really playing punk music. Um, and then it was sort of funny watching a transition into sort of being this stigmatized thing with the black hair and the eyeliner. Yeah, the hot topic kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And 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 uh, and so I, I think now more than anything, it's, I I think it's just funny to see it come full circle, and it's like all of a sudden it's like it's cool to be emo, you know. And it was just like, you know, it was cool for a minute, and then it was like very uncool. And like, you know, for me, I, I think because I've made it through this this weird landscape of you know popular music for for you know the last 20 years or so i've just tried really hard not to call myself anything you know if anything it's like i'm like yeah i consider myself a alternative artist because <laughs> i think it's yeah just I, I feel i feel like rock. bands from from bands from your era they just wanted to be called rock bands they didn't want to be called pop punk they didn't want to be called emo they just wanted to become they just wanted to be rock bands and i think it's funny that a lot of these artists now because i see 
press releases come across my email box all the time is bands are labeling themselves pop punk. They're labeling themselves yeah. emo, which is kind of interesting. Um, yeah, it, it, it's, a, it's a strange thing, the genrefication of music. And I think especially now it's like everything is so blended and, and, and merged and, and sort of across so many disciplines that it, you know, I, I resist the temptation. Um, but I, but I get if you're, you know, if you're in your twenties and that's like, you know, for me, like it was probably the, you know, the, the equivalent of listening to, you know, some of the classic rock bands that I came up listening to, you know, and you, you know, I, I can see how, you know, if you're a younger artist and that's what you sort of grew up listening to and you're excited by why you would you know want to classify yourself um i think for a lot of us it was it was something we really shied away from because we we were we were kind of fighting to to play with the you know play with the the larger acts that were maybe not being pigeonholed right 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 i want to the you you're now you know seven eight years maybe more removed from cecilia and the satellite and yeah. which was such a gorgeous song Thank that you. you wrote for your daughter who's now who just turned nine just on your instagram she just turned nine and i think it's mm -hmm. kind of that must be kind of strange that you wrote this for your daughter when she was very young and now she's older i, I think about um the song billy joel wrote for alexa mm, uh, one of my know, favorites. yeah such a gorgeous song um is it good night my angel is that what it is i always there's that one and there's down easter alexa i think i don't know if that one's right but, but yes but uh, uh yes i think it's it's called i think it's called lullaby i could be wrong lullaby yeah. that's right it's called yeah. lullaby that's right that's right yeah. but it's so strange because you write that when they're so young and then you see them older and the song is still there yeah. what is that song how is that song what does the song mean to you now that she's you know elementary school age mm -hmm. well you know for me the whole idea i mean i wrote i wrote most of that song you know a month before she was born and the whole idea was was sort of to express like hey you know i've been through these highs and lows in my life you're going to be through you're going to go through them too and and i'm going to be here for you uh as you as you move through the world um you know and so i think in that sense it really holds water to this day and 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 has been a, a you know it's 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 a it's a nice thing to share with her still you know she she still thinks dad's cool although that's starting to get, ah. that's starting to that's starting to to be called into question i think um, ah. <laughs> and i'm also i'm also working really hard to 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 be the the annoying father who tries to embarrass his daughter um but but uh we do still share the music side of things and and you know there are songs on this record that 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 talk about her and she actually sang a chorus uh with me on one of the songs on this record and so um you know that 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 foundation was laid with with the first wilderness record with rainy girl and with cecilia and the satellite and um you know hopefully hopefully she'll she'll still be proud when when she hears a song come across uh on an album that that she's referenced in I always yeah. wondered because I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm grown now. And I, I think about my relationship with my parents, especially like my dad recently. And um, what is it like, like as a father to see, like knowing how crazy the world is mm. and especially for women, what is it like to like see, you know, your little girl grow into an, an actual human and like, mm. yeah. are you worried at all or are you prepared? <laughs> I don't think anything really prepares you. You know, I, I, I'm, 
I have close friends who are, whose daughters are starting to, you know, you know, become teenagers and, 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 you know, be exposed to, to this sort of wider world of social media and, and all of the things that go along with it. And it does, it does scare me, you know, um, but she's a really level-headed kid. She's, you know, her, her, her mother is an incredible example of how, how to be a, you know, confident and amazing uh, woman in the world. And, and, you know, as much as I worry for her, it's like, we just, the best that we can do as parents is give her the tools and, and, you know, and, and I think for us, that's about being a good person, you know, and, and being kind to people. And, and, you know, that's really our baseline. It's like, you know, I just want to know that my, my daughter's out there looking out for people who are, who are, uh, you know, not doing as well as she is, or if there's somebody that isn't treated well in school, that she's the one to step up and, and, and be their friend. And that's the, I mean, I think that's the best I can do. And, and I'm, I'm terrified of when the phone enters her hands. Oh uh, no! We, yeah, we, she, she's wow. just pre cell phone, right? She doesn't have a phone. Yeah, yet, does she? Yeah, we, I mean, we're very, you know, like we're, that's something we've like really kept away from her and her being an only child, I think is it makes all that a little bit easier. You know, she doesn't, mm-hmm. she doesn't play video games and, and things like that. She listens to Harry Potter audiobooks and, okay. and, and reads and watches intellectual. still watches like Disney TV shows and things like that. So I'm, 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 I'm doing my best to keep her in that realm for as long as she, she allows it. And then we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens next. These kids have so many choices to watch things now. There's so many things to watch. Hulu, Amazon, Netflix. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. We'll, we'll get out of here. We'll get you out of here in a second, Andrew. But I want to talk about the tour. Let's close out with the tour. You got your touring on this album. What can you tell us about what what is what does your band look like? Have do you have you had the same in since the in the wilderness era? Yeah. Have you had kind of the same band? Yeah. So I mean, my stage is pretty much populated by all the guys that I've been playing with forever. So, I mean, even the wilderness was, was, uh, you know, my rhythm section from Jack's mannequin, um, and, and Bobby who played with me in something corporate and Jack's mannequin has been back in the band since 2019. So, uh, and Zach who played has played keyboards with me since the, uh, the first iteration of my solo thing, when we put out the, the first EP with synesthesia on it, uh, is playing with us. So it's, it's like, it's five just ringers, amazing musicians and, and guys who, you know, we've been speaking the language of music to each other for gosh. I mean, I mean, guy, I mean, Bobby's Bobby and, and Jay, we've been playing together since 2003, four. So yeah, they're, they're, uh, they're, they're the real deal and, and, and a force to be reckoned with for sure. Yeah. It's great to have this. What about the dear Jack foundation? So, um, you know, for those who don't know, uh, you know I'm, a, I'm a cancer survivor. I'm a leukemia survivor. Um, I was diagnosed and treated and recovered all sort of in the, the early years of Jack's Mannequin. Um, and in that period of time, there was a real uh, amazing outpouring of love from fans who wanted to donate money uh, to the charities that we that we sort of deemed our, our go-tos. And eventually, you know, there was just enough there uh, as i got better that we started dear jack foundation um really to sort of fill the gap for adolescents and young adults who face cancer so there's you know it's it's 
it's getting better. Um, but at the time that we began, you know, there really weren't programs for young people who were in treatment and who, who were recovering. There were few and far between. So we, um, we have a wish granting program called the life list that we, we, uh, we work with, uh, uh, people who are in treatment, um, patients that are in treatment and their families to develop, um, just a list of, of whether they be wishes or just, just highlights things that we want to put on the horizon throughout their treatment so that they have things to look forward to. Um, and then we also work with young survivors and their partners, um, as they enter uh, remission to, to, to get them back on a, a good footing. So we, we host, um, retreats for, for uh, couples who are who are kind of re-entering the world post-cancer, which was a very tricky time for my wife and I, and we kind of wanted to make that path a little bit easier for um, for the people that we could help out there. Yeah, that's one thing people don't think about is the after afterwards, the, and not just the physical, but the mental recovery that's of right. having gone through all that. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of you know, I mean, obviously the stigma around mental health is like it's come the bar has come way down, and I think people are way more open to it. But, um, you know, I'm a huge advocate for therapy and a huge advocate for 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 patients who are, are transitioning to survivorship, you know, to realize like a lot of people will want you to tell them that every day is a gift and you're you're you know, you, you have this sunny disposition because you survived something. And and really, it's a it's a it's a huge trauma that that requires a lot of attention to to deal with in a healthful way. And, and it's a big mission of Dear Jack to to shine a light on that, to take the stigma away from that and let young people know that that it's okay not to be having easy days, even though you've survived and 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 to try and uh, you know get them on a healthy footing. It's amazing. That's amazing. So nice. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Andrew. We really appreciate it. Congrats on the new album and thank good you. luck on the tour. And we hope to see you when you come to Southern California. Uh, yeah, I'm here right now. Are you enjoying this cold weather or what? It's better today than it was yesterday. It's sunny at least. I'll give it that. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right. Thanks a lot. We'll talk to you later. Have a good day, you guys. Take care. All right. Bye. Bye. All right. Wowza. That was Andrew McMahon from three or four of your favorite bands. Definitely. I always think that it's such a sign of success that he's had – hit songs with three different bands. Because mm -hmm. a lot of times some a band will break up and the lead singer starts a new band and it's okay, but it's not great, you know, but he's kept it going mm -hmm. across three bands now. So um, something that you- Your favorite, Jordan. You know, well, of course, some uh, something corporate old school guy, mm -hmm. but um, I really like one of my favorite songs. I didn't want to, I thought one thing that Demi, we, we do on the show, we have people who have had 20, 30 years of songs mm -hmm. is it's really tempting just to be like, tell us about this song. Tell us about that song. How'd mm -hmm. you, you know? And so I didn't want to ask him, but one of my favorite, something corporate songs is, is um, me and the moon. I didn't get to that one, but uh, I encourage anyone uh, it's on their second album. Um, the second something corporate album, but anyway, uh, yeah. Anyway, I just love, so first of all, I just love piano based rock, like anything, Billy Joel, Elton John, Ben Folds. Jordan, you know. we're matching today. I just realized we got the black t-shirt today. I'm, it's Navy. Not I'm, even planned. Navy. It's just Navy. Sorry. Sorry. By the way, just, I mean, just putting this out there, he, he's written with K-Flay who we've also had on the show. Yeah. We could have, really uh, interesting. Yeah, there's all sorts of things we didn't get to. He also wrote songs for the TV so the TV show Smash, 
like musical theater songs. So he has like, a, and I was, I wanted to ask him, but we didn't really get to it about if he would write a Broadway musical someday, or if he has interest in that, because I think anyone who writes songs of piano and also incorporates characters, like he writes about characters. I think that's prime, like musical theater, you know? Yeah. It's crazy to think like that some of your favorite artists are out there making songs together and you wouldn't even know. Yeah. Know? Yeah. 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 Yeah, we could get, there was like two directions we could have gone with that interview is we could have gone straight up, you know, just, you know, shooting the breeze and talking about old songs, or we could have just done strictly the new music. And I think we kind of did both, but you know, he's, he's got, he also, you know, works with really high end producers on this stuff. Um, anyway, I feel like I've been talking a lot. I feel like I'm really over caffeinated. You're usually the over caffeinated <laughs> one, but today it's me. Um, my caffeine's ran out a little bit. I've, I've been um, running around Jordan. It's literally like it was like slush. You know those like New York City slush rain snow days. I was yeah, running where, where the ground that. is just covered in that ugly so, gray like, like fall, like every five steps. Um, yeah. So that's that. So it's not that bad. You're in California with that. Where are you coming back to California, Jimmy? April. April. Oh, Jordan. Oh wait, are we still? We're still recording. Yeah. You want to, you want to do a band meeting in a second? You want to in the, in the yeah. show and do a band meeting? Actually, we've started a band. If anyone's wondering about what other things we have going on, we started a band and, um, it's a prog band. I'm playing, um, a vintage synthesizer with four different keyboards. I'm wearing a cape mm -hmm. and we sing about dragons and mythical beasts and quests. Theatrical. The theatrical prog rock, you know, think Genesis meets Tenacious D, you know, that's kind of what we're going for. Uh, on drums. Yeah. Look forward to the, uh, the debut EP this summer. Um, and we'll be opening for, uh, who will be opening for? Opening um, for um, Upsall. Upsall. <laughs> perfect <Bye>. match. Perfect match. <laughs> uh, she doesn't know it yet, but, but we'll be opening for Upsall. She doesn't know it yet. <laughs> Okay, I feel like we're going downhill. We're like we're out, we're, out of, we're out of steam. We're out of steam. Let's get it going. That's that's in this. Um, that's it for us. Go to popdust.com for the latest in pop culture and music news, and to see my features and interviews with Demi, where she interviews people on like in person and photographs that I've taken of musicians here in LA. Go to popdust.com for all that. And of course, go to Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Music, wherever you listen to your podcasts to listen to this version. If you're watching this on YouTube or Facebook right now, follow me on, on Instagram at Jordan Edward Studio and Demi at Demi underscore Ramos and follow us on TikTok. And it's the full thing. It's, it's, it's real with Jordan Demi is the full TikTok not even any uh, numbers. Not even any numbers. We got the sign. Whole, like 14 letter name uh -huh. on TikTok. So you can go uh, follow us on that. Until next time, we'll see you later.